You're listening to the Metro LA Podcast, an official podcast of the LA International Church of Christ. Hello, and greetings from Los Angeles. My name is Latrice McLaughlin, and I am excited to have the opportunity to get a chance to speak with you today. A little bit about me. I'm a professional here in the financial industry. I'm the wife of my very handsome husband, Larry, for approximately 18 years now. I'm the oldest of five children hailing from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. My husband and I have the opportunity to serve in our ministry here uh, on the ministry leadership team. We lead an amazing group of people, about 20 in our small group, and we get a chance to serve on the diversity squad. I also have a chance uh, to sing and to serve as a worship leader, as well as I act and sing professionally. It is truly my honor to be able to come and share some things with you today. I'm so excited to have this platform as a soul sister, to be able to uh, hear such wonderful stories and to learn from Grace and from Michelle, Latanya, and from Tiffany and Joanne. And there's many more women uh, that will be coming to share as well. In our time together today, I ask that our time be interactive. Even though we don't share the same room, please take a moment, grab your Bible, grab your journal, grab your tea or your coffee, and let's spend some time together. Let's pray. Father in heaven, God, thank you so much for the time that we have together today. Thank you for the women that have taken time out to join in and listen, to be uh, encouraged and I hope inspired by the words that I'll be able to share today. I pray that each and every person that has an opportunity to listen to any of these sessions will truly be moved and encouraged to think about their lives and to deepen their relationship with you. I ask that you'll move me out of the way and so the stories that I'll have a chance to share and the scriptures that I share will truly touch someone's heart. We love you so much and pray all of these things in your son's name, in your son's name. Amen. Okay, so I am excited. And um, as we think about just the opportunity to share today, we all have various roles that we play in our lives. And when we think about God, God is so beautifully complex that he knows every single one of us. He knows every hair on our head and he is working in all of our lives at the same time. And so we think about that. God specifically has a plan and purpose for each one of us. And so if you think about your roles and you think about your purpose, are you going after it and pursuing it in God's way? And so I hope that in the time we get a chance to spend together today, you'll think a little deeper about it and you'll make some great decisions. The text that we're going to be centering most of our thoughts around today is in 1 Samuel 16. And the theme that I'm going to share today is do your work and know that God is working. I'll say that again. Do your work and know that God is working. And so what I want to do is uh, we're going to read a bit today. So uh, in 1 Samuel 16, we're going to start in verse 1. The Lord said to Samuel, 
How long will you mourn for Saul since I have rejected him as king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. But Samuel said, how can I go? If Saul hears about it, he will kill me. The Lord said, take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I will show you what to do. You are to anoint for me the one I indicate. Samuel did what the Lord said. So I want to take a moment to pause just there, just for a moment. So as we're just getting started in the text, we see someone going about their relationship with God in their role for God doing their work. This person is Samuel. Look at Samuel's relationship with God. He was speaking with God. He got an assignment from God. But once he heard what God said to say, he had a real concern. And so if we think about verse two, it says, how can I go? If Saul hears about it, he will kill me. I put before you that that's a real concern. Uh, But God met Samuel where he was at in his faith. Samuel was able to express his concern. God gave him a plan. He gave him the direction. And so Samuel was able to follow it out, even though he feared for his life. And so I want to stop in our reading right there just to share a personal story that I feel like connects at this point. So as I shared earlier, I grew up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I am the oldest of five children. I grew up in a very happy home, two-parent family, um, but had some troubles in my middle school years. I began to be molested and sexually abused by someone who knew our family. And this was a secret that challenged and it haunted me for many, many years. Some years later, as I had the opportunity to study the Bible and become a Christian, I was so grateful to learn about God's love, to learn about God's grace, and to realize that God's grace meets us where we are at. God understands who we are. And even though we may feel like our life is a mess and that we feel ashamed, God loves us. And so with that, I was able to then go get help. And I now no longer feel like a victim of those attacks. So let's fast forward to last year, 2020. I had the opportunity to work with a lieutenant over at the Hawthorne Police Department on an event that we hosted for our diversity squad. As we had an opportunity to debrief after the event, God put it on my heart to ask this police officer What is done in situations like this when you have a child that is now an adult but had these horrible things happen? And so the officer encouraged me to reach out to the police department in Milwaukee and to share my story. Because it was the pandemic, they couldn't take my um, story uh, over the phone or I couldn't go into their offices, but had me go to a police department here, which I reached back out to the lieutenant and asked him if his department would be able to interview me. 
and they were able to. And so uh, I went knees knocking and very afraid to the police department because it's the pandemic. No one could go along with me. I had to go alone. But when I got there, I had the lieutenant who was our friend. And then we also had another officer who uh, actually has a comfort dog. And so during my interview, I was able to sit with the interviewing detective, the police officer friend that I knew, her comfort dog right at my feet. And so in going through the situation, even though I was very afraid and unsure, uh, having to recall things that I had long since forgotten and wanted to tuck away, um, God was there with me. And it was something that I had to go to God in prayer with and really wrestle with. But the thing that the police officer said to me that really stuck and made me want to go forward with my story is that they might not be able to use my story now to press charges, but they could keep the interview and it could be used as corroboration later on in life or with other stories. And um, that by me being bold and stepping out and telling my story that somewhere down the line, it could save someone's life. And when I think about our relationships with God and what we get a chance to do, reaching out to people, sharing our scriptures, sharing our lives, that is the goal, to be able to help save someone's life. And so it, really was an opportunity uh, of a lifetime. And um, as they said, they were not able to press charges, but the information will be kept. And for me, just doing what God said really did bring me great closure. And again, I do believe that my story will one day help to save someone's life. So let's just take a look. Let's go back to our scripture. When we think of First Samuel, going back to verse four, for, uh, chapter 16 and verse four, it, I'm picking up where it says, when he arrived at Bethlehem. So we're talking about Samuel still. The elders of the town trembled when they met him. They asked, do you come in peace? Samuel replied, yes, in peace. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. And I wanted to pause there just for a moment, because when we are doing our work, we have a reputation that goes before us. And the reason that the elders were asking him if he came in peace, because in chapter 15 in 33, it reads, but Samuel said, as your sword has made women childless, so your mother will be childless among women. And Samuel put Agag the king to death before the Lord at Gilgal. And so the reputation about Samuel killing uh, King Agag sat with those elders. So when they saw him coming, it gave them pause. But he reassured them that he did come in peace. And in verse five, as we pick up, it says, consecrate yourselves and come to the sacrifice with me. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. And so the word consecrate means a formal dedication, a declaration, or to ordain someone. And he extended the invitation to Jesse. 
he asked Jesse to join him in the sacrifice and to bring his sons. And so I want us to remember that line specifically, join him at the sacrifice and to bring his sons. When they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people looks people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and had him pass in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, the Lord has not chosen this one either. Jesse then had Shammah pass by, but Samuel said, nor has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel, but Samuel said to him, the Lord has not chosen these. So I have a question for you. When you're in a position where decisions are being made like Jesse and his sons, do you include everyone in those decision in that decision or for that opportunity? Do you invite all to get a chance to experience it? Well, we know that they did not do this because David is the youngest son of Jesse. Um, resources that I've been reading state that Jesse was a teenager and we know that, and who knows why, what's going on here? Why would the family uh, be invited to such an amazing event and not bring all of the brothers along? Well, one thing I might, I might put before you is maybe there was some tension. Let's consider a conversation between the two, two of the brothers. In verse Samuel 17 and verse 28, it reads, when Eliab, David's oldest brother, heard him speaking with the men, he burned with anger at him and asked, why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch the battle. Now what have I done, said David? Can't I even speak? And so when you think about it, sometimes when we have situations, if we feel some kind of way about someone, we might not include them when we have the opportunity and could do so. And so not sure of all that was going on, but being the oldest of five, that might be something to consider. And so as we pick up in 1 Samuel 16 and verse 11, Samuel asked Jesse, are these all the sons you have? There is still the youngest, Jesse answered. He is tending the sheep. Samuel said, send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. Whoa. Okay, now this is getting good. And so if you think about it, we, he's made this, um, he's had several chances. Jesse and his brothers have had several chances. Samuel initially invited him to the sacrifice and asked him to bring his sons. 
Samuel then consecrated both he and his sons. Then as each son was being brought in front of Samuel, every single one was being denied. Yet neither Jesse or his sons said anything about David. Nothing. Y'all just going to leave the baby out there? He's not going to have any part of this whatsoever. Um, but I put before us that the father and the brothers both held David in a low, low esteem. How about you? How do you, how do you respond? When we have a situation, we have an opportunity that you could support a brother or sister, a neighbor, a friend, a coworker, your child. Maybe someone you might not hold in high esteem. Are we people after God's own heart? Are we women after God's own heart? In the scripture before it says that we look at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. And who is this David? We know David. At this time, David was the shepherd. The role of a shepherd is to control the sheep, to maintain the safety of the flock, to graze the animals, to keep them healthy, to herd them to food, to keep them away from poisonous plants and predators. But what was David learning as he was out in the pasture? He had lots of time to think, lots of time to spend time with God, lots of time to enjoy beauty. Uh, he began the habit of singing as he spent time with God. It says that he was a skilled musician. He learned how to play the harp. It is in the times that we are doing our work and we are focused on the assignment that God has given to us, that God gets a chance to see our hearts. By doing his work, uh, David in the pasture also encountered and had the opportunities to kill a lion, to kill a bear, and to constantly protect his sheep from predators like dangerous wolves. Whatever roles that we're given, it is our charge to do our best before God, because you never know what God is doing to prepare you for the next thing that is coming forward in your life. So how is God using you um, and doing the things that you, the roles that you play right now? How is he preparing you for your future? Like David, we might not know that. We might not know that we'll be called in um, to be anointed one day. But I want to encourage us to embrace the roles that we have been put in, excel in them, to do our best, knowing that God has a plan that will come forward at its due time. So let's go back. Let's go back to our scripture. In verse 12, so he sent for him and brought him in. He was glowing with health and had fine appearance and handsome features. Then the Lord said, arise and anoint him. This is the one. Verse 13, so Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came upon David. 
And so as you take a look humanistically at David, David was not brought in to be shown to Samuel initially. He was not part of the consecration. David was not mentioned until Samuel insisted on it. And so if we think about it, God often chooses unlikely people to do his work so that all will know that the work is God's work and not man's work. And I know the things that we do on a daily basis, so much of it is done and no one even knows about it. No one knows what you do to perform the roles that have been assigned to you besides God. No one knows the preparation that it takes, the challenge to prepare for the facilitation that you do, the direction that you give out on a daily basis, the effort that it takes for you to get your assignments done and to get your projects across the finish line, the strength and the patience it takes for you to get your child off of social media, out of the bed, fed, dressed, and online by the time school begins. We may not be the most intelligent or well thought of even in our own families. You may be despised because of your faith, because of your skin color, your gender, or speech. But when we take a look at scriptures like these, I know that God wants to encourage us. Do not worry. As we do our work, we will see that God is working for us and that he has things lined up and is teaching us, teaching you, teaching me the skills that he wants to eventually reward us with faithfulness. In Isaiah 55 and verses eight and nine, it says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts, your thoughts. And so I just want to think about that and um, for us to be encouraged by that. And then finally, just want to share um, in Psalms 139, starting in verse one, it says, you have searched me, Lord, and you know me, you know, when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar, you discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before. You lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. 
The night will shine like the day for darkness is as light to you. And so I want to close with that and encourage us as sisters to really do our work and know that God is working. Do our work in thinking about one another and even praying for one another. As we think about the assignments that God gives to us, as we think about the opportunities that we have to move forward, some of them may be scary. Let's pray for one another as things are not comfortable for us to talk about or to face, but we know that God will be with us every step of the way. Think about and pray for one another when we have opportunities to share. Think about and pray for one another when we don't feel unified with one another. Go and talk with the sister. Go and talk with the brother, the family member, the neighbor, the friend, the co-worker, and get things sorted out. So as opportunities come, we can present all to be able to share and to enjoy the opportunities. And then finally, as we have the opportunity to really share with one another, um, share what we're doing in our work, share the plans that we feel like God has put on our hearts. And when we see something that we've done, even in the past, now come into fruition, share that with one another as well. And just a quick side note, um, the situation that I was talking about earlier, I actually did write a song about it. And about a week after I had the opportunity to go and talk with um, the detective at the police station, I got news that my, and this was one of my impossible prayers. Um, I had gotten news that my song was going to be used uh, for a diversity conference that had a global audience. And so you never know how God is working. You never know what he is doing. But I want to encourage us all to stay flexible as we create, to pray for one another, and to really worship God and thank him as he walks with us every step of the way. Thank you for letting me share. You've just listened to the Metro LA Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit MetroLARegion.com 